This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, this is Jordan, and you found On Mike with Jordan Rich, with now over 400 podcasts in the library, featuring conversations with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. Today, an American success story, the story of Dr. Kadar Gupta and his lovely bride, who came to this country many years ago from India, becoming successful developers and entrepreneurs. Kadar has written his story. It's called Carving My Destiny, Lessons from My Entrepreneurial Ventures. Again, a story of working hard, being dedicated, and making the most of the opportunities here in America. Kadar Gupta and his lovely wife join us now, right here on Mike. Let's start with your days in India, the impact that your father had, because you speak very glowingly about him. Talk a little bit about your dad. So while I was growing up, my father had a business, and he will pull me in once in a while to come and help him. And I was very good in math, so I was helping him on the financial side, making sure the numbers were right, the calculations were correct, the invoices were correct. But as we started getting in touch with the customers, I became pretty effective for one simple reason. I started finding what are the pain points of a customer and how I can resolve it. And that's what my father saw in me that I was not telling customer what to do, but I was listening the customer, what he wants me to do. And that was a pretty powerful lesson I learned. And my father was kind of, he was not a highly educated person. He just finished his high school, but he was very successful business and he was well-respected. And I followed that, that end of the day in any business, it is not what you make. It is how you satisfy the wishes are the requirements of your customer. And I think you're so right about listening. It's a skill set that a lot of people have forgotten about because of the technology and the quick pace. But just hearing people and really listening to what they're saying enables you to be so much more attentive to their needs. Yeah. When we talk too much, you forget what the other side is saying. <laughs> That's very common. It happens with me also. I'm not an exception to the rule. Uh, but I try to listen to my customers, and that's what I try to do. What made you interested and excited about coming to the United States? Fifty years ago, it is more so than even today, America was a land of opportunity. Everybody thought you are going to a place where, you know, all the birds are golden, just like golden India at one time. And so after I completed my uh, degree from IIT Kanpur, a very prestigious school in India, run by the U.S. Uh, uh, schools, you know, like Harvard and Princeton and all the way part of that, uh, MIT also. So the ambition was always there and the opportunities in India were not as high on the high tech as it was in the U.S. So my advisor knew a lot of people in the U.S. schools and he had recommended me and I ended up getting a full board from State University of New York, Stony Brook. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think twice about it till I was in the plane and thinking, 
what I'm trying to do, you know, which is written in the book a little bit. And that was my journey to America with $8 is what India government allowed me <laughs> to come here and complete my PhD. That was my ambition in the beginning at that time. Right. I was very really in, an introvert person. So, you know, uh, I could I could live in a society and people not knowing me for a quite some time, which I found doesn't work in the U.S. You have to be known, you have to participate in the discussion. And that was the uh, change of my introvert to being extrovert when my professor forced me to go outside in the community and look for a summer job. Let me ask you to do something for us, not just for me, but for the people listening. Why don't you introduce the lovely lady sitting next to you? Because she plays a huge part in in the story, not only of your lives together, but of the businesses together. Why don't you introduce her? You know, the the in India, I still the it's not that common now, but in my days, um, getting introduced through your parents to whom they know the others was a very common phenomenon. And my dad asked me if I could go and talk to Renu. And I didn't. I knew Renu a little bit about before leaving to U.S., but we were younger. We were not, you know, in any kind of uh, romantic thing. But when I met first time, it something happened to me. I don't know. I I don't want to say for uh, logical purposes, people say love at first sight. <laughs> but there are some, some twinkle in her eyes uh, which really drew us each other. And we talked for some days. You don't get years and months to go for dating. And we decided we have enough matching characteristics. And I think I was waiting for Renu to say yes, which I'm fortunate she said yes. And we got married. But not well, only When the... we got married, he said, we'll just go USA for two years and we come back. I didn't want to come here. <laughs> ah, and you're still here. <laughs> no, he said his watch is broken. But my watch broke. Ah, uh, that happens, yeah. I still don't know how many years it has been. <laughs> but it has been a good, like, excellent life, uh, uh, Jordan. I cannot... I cannot Not ask for any more. Besides that, the main thing I, the other thing I found was we both were from similar family background. The only thing we wanted to do in the U.S. is how do we start our own company? That became not only passion of living together, but we became like two peas in a pod. Mm. Our mission, what we have to do and what let, we have to do. Let me bring Renu into this because I was impressed with the amount of input, funding, accounting. I mean, you were a jack or should I say a Jacqueline of all trades for so much of this journey. Would that be unusual for young ladies coming from India, you know, at the time you started? Or were you schooled in this area and were you prepared? I did go to school. I finished my accounting. I was a science student, but mm -hmm. when I came here, uh, I had we had our kid pretty early. So I didn't have, uh, I did part-time accounting course from St. Louis, Missouri. And then got busy with kids and I was doing, I was very successful real estate agent. I didn't want to leave. My broker said, Renu. I said, no, no, my husband is starting a company and, and he needs some free labor. He, we didn't yeah, have money. Of course. And he started with $1,000 so he can't pay me, but I'll part-time help him and I'll do real estate also. Right. And I still remember Ron, his name was Ron. He said, Ron, he goes, Renu, you're not coming back. I said, no, no, I'll come back. 
I just do help him few months and come back. But that's it. End of the story. When yeah. I join my young kids, yeah. he was traveling with all his job. He traveled a lot out, not within USA, outside. So I couldn't do any other job and this and so many things. So mm. I got kind of, I don't know, inherited this job. And I I like numbers. I And I always kept on the my friend always wondered how do you work together i said i don't see him he's <laughs> in the uh, front i just stay in the background and yeah. actually i don't know we couldn't say everything in the book but it did help us quite a bit because i was involved in banking and all these other like lot of ups and down where people come and go but if it's you know, like our heart was in it. So I was quite involved and hopefully, I mean, you, I don't know, you read the book or not. Oh, of course. You were not only involved, but very influential in making it a success. And let's talk about what it is, because it's a journey and uh, that's perfect time to shift to the entrepreneurial thing. A real journey in America at a particular time when alternative energy was the subject. So we could spend all day on each chapter talking about each individual business, but Kadar, take us through a quick timeline. You started so, where? So the passion I had to start our own company, our own company as well, was always there. When I joined Ferrofluidics in, in uh, New Hampshire, in Nashua, uh, I inherited zero backlog. There was no business. Whatever business they had when I had interviewed them disappeared. And it was a tough time for me. You know, the people say they touched the bottom of the barrel. I think I touched even under that. Uh, but I then had the passion what customer wants. So I turned the company around and I made it more than over $50 million. I mean, I became the company. But... I wanted to start, and we wanted, and when I started our own company. So right at the peak of that business, I went to my boss and told him, can I resign and start something? And he said, what do you want to start? And I told him there is a solar portion of the business, which you don't want to do it because solar is not there. Yeah, nobody knew about Nobody it. knew about solar. And we made, we made a trade. He gave me a little bit of some drawings. For that, I had to work 70 days per year for free and things like that. But I just took that business and I did not know what the solar is. Truthfully, I did not know what the solar is. Neither did Renu. But we got at it. We started getting into it. It has a potential to change the mankind. It has a potential to change the world. We didn't want to just be a mind pie store and make some money and live happily thereafter. We wanted to change something in a bigger proportion. And I lucked out because everything I do, one led to another. Mm. But everywhere, the common theme was the same. Talk to the customer what he needs, work hard, be humble, produce the product, and have him give you the money in advance. In the peak of the company, we had more than billion dollars in orders and more than you know, few hundred million dollars in advance payment. Mm. After some time, we just did not look back. Where is the money? Right. It, there is a point where I was reading the book where I could see a sigh of relief. Ooh, now we're comfortable. We've got the funding and we don't have to sweat it as we did. Here's a question, though, for each of you. 
and knowing that you came to this country uh, several decades ago now, did you face any kind of roadblocks because you were from India or anywhere, an immigrant, a legal immigrant? Or did you find it to be a, a, a welcoming experience because you had the skill sets to, uh, to prove yourself? How did that go for each of you? You want to go first? I, well, in the beginning, my English was weak. I, we know how to read and write in India. We had, you know, British English. But speaking was hard. But I overcome that. And I never felt any, I have maybe, you know, I never had any problem. Yeah. Uh, Kedar? I I did not have either. One of the things is we were all highly educated. We we were always, you know, dealing with people who are foreigners. All my business, 90% came from Europe, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, China. We had a very China. diverse group. Yeah, and we had a very high end of the product. So the people we met, either they, they did not uh, care for being, you know, uh, uh, you know, discrimination and other part. I did not, you know, you always in society, you go, you look different. You don't play golf. You are not mm. a, you know, there, there are, there are all, you know, people look at you as a, where you are from. But I personally would not say that that was any factor in our life. When Renu was dealing in the real estate, people used to love her because she were very kind and caring and always listen to them, you know. That and is what, then we also yeah. had a very good product. Our pro That's one thing I feel like uh, if you have some really niche product, like- Nobody can produce. Nobody, no, we didn't have much competition. Nobody well, was making those type of machines. Yeah, for and instance, <laughs> I have a question. What is a ribbon puller? <laughs> so ribbon puller is very thin solar puller. I mean, solar cell makes it very thin. It can be folded. It yeah. can be put on the Japanese train. The customer was from Japan. In the beginning. In the beginning. You know, a Japanese customer giving you $220,000 even before we started the company was, was you know, it was unbelievable. Mm. I never thought it could happen. But he wanted to put all the trains running and these solar lines, which were flexible. So that is how they start one. Yeah. And we took the challenge. And I used to go to my customer and say, you will never ever find anybody who can serve you better than I can, hmm. because I'm hungry. I'm humble, not, I cannot say I'm humble, because then you're not humble, but I always listen to him. And right. same thing to me, Renault's real estate customers. She was the, you know, the, the top business person in the real estate in the first year. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Reno. You want to add something to that? When I joined the company, uh, a little bit I had a hard time because sometimes people think I'm his wife. And because when we had 200 people or more, I said, look, you know, uh, some people, some of the employee, I never told them, oh, do you know Kedar Gupta? I said, Kedar Gupta, who's Kedar Gupta? You know, so I used to really stay in the background. But um, we went through a lot of ups and downs. Our investors, some of the investors really took the company, almost took over whole company for very cheap money. Mm. So that's where I think uh, I like, you know, I don't know where I got the courage, said, hey, I'm not signing this document, go close the company. I, one of the chapter in the book. And, yes. Yes. and then a uh, bank would not give us any funding 
Nobody would give us funding. It's like when you need money, nobody gives it to you. But when you know, don't need it, everybody's pouring <laughs> right? So this customer, right, Taiwan, right? Yeah. In Taiwan, uh, gave us $5 million, which is in there. No attachment. No attachment. No standby mm. letter. I used to work in the finance. So they didn't, I said, I can't open a standby letter because the bank has stopped doing business with us at that time. And he just sent the money, and that was the start of our... It came over yeah, phase, help us. Phase two. And yeah. then we also developed uh, the silicon seed. Feed stock was very, very expensive. We used to buy from Monsanto, which was... What was the price? I forgot. $50 a kilo, and kilo. we made it $5 a kilo. So that's why the solar was very expensive. Nobody could afford it back mm. then. So when you made it cheaper, that was the breakthrough, I think, where, and then Chinese, uh, they bought in hundreds, though each machine was half a million. They bought thousands and Actually, thousands. thousands. I said it mm. wrong. Yeah. That's okay. You know, um, one, one of the things that I want to get to is, and you share at the end of each chapter, Kadar, you share the fact that you've learned lessons. One of the lessons you learned was if you lose ownership, you lose control, and that's not a good thing. And it happens to everybody at, at some point whether it's a business or their own lot in life, of all the wisdom that you've acquired, pick out two or three highlights. What would you like to share with the audience that are in the book? So believe in yourself. That is the first thing. People start doubting themselves and never give up. How, how the things proceed, you don't know in life, but if you're at it, you fail, you try again. I, that is the one thing I tell entrepreneurs or anybody. You know, the life is made out of ups and downs, and we probably saw more than average. Uh, but every time that happened, I will look at Renu, and I hear the same thing. You preach, don't give up. Why are you giving up? Mm. Am I, you want to expound on it? No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's the message throughout. And I do have to ask you about the sort of exciting celebrity deal that happened many years ago when a certain high executive from a different realm decided to visit you. You actually got a presidential visit from, at the time, President Obama. And what's interesting, and you can tell the story, uh, at first you don't know it's going to be him. The White House contacts you. Talk us through that a little bit, because that was cool, and the pictures are great. Yes. Renu, uh, uh, so I was in Europe, and the call came in the middle, middle of the night when I was sleeping. And, you know, I didn't know who is from White House. So I said, why don't you guys call Renu and she can arrange it? Because in my absence, she used to help the company with the key calls. Mm -hmm. And so they called me, right? <laughs> yeah, we like, um, and they was, they thought we are still with GT Solar. We had left by then. I had left and, and started, started this new company. new company, Arc Energy. We had several startups, but the biggest success was GT Solar. So they said, wait, we are not in GT Solar. Why don't you call them? Because, no, 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 he wants to see Kedar and GT. So I said, so I told them because at that time we had only 15 employees. Long story short, uh, they would not tell us till like two days before, right? With the dogs and everybody. And, oh, my God. Secret and service. Right, right, right. It was so much work. It was all worth it. But I'm like, who is coming? No, we have to look at the place. They, they put a tent in the back. My whole, we had a, in the complex, all our... 
friends, uh, neighbors, they're all getting upset. Why is the roadblock? What's happening? I'm like, I have no idea. And why are they putting a tent? I thought he will come from the front, whoever is coming. Then they told us two days that, okay, you cannot tell anybody, but it's President Obama at that time. They he checked everybody, the background. They, they brought the security dog, all the locks. I was surprised. Uh, they opened it because we had to step out. And I come and everything is open. I said, uh, what happened? Goes, oh, we can open all the locks because they have to check it. I said, you should have told me I would have opened everything mm. for you. you know? It was it was interesting. But, but when he arrived, the stories you tell about the interest that he had in the company, and of course, alternative energy is important anyway, but he was a champion of that. And uh, it was such a nice story to tell about a, an interaction with somebody you don't get a chance to interact with every day. He was oh. such a nice guy. You know, our, my condition was only one. He, they said no pictures with anybody except for you and my co-founder. And I said, look, guys, that is not acceptable to me. In the second company, in, we had only 15 people. 11 people. Oh, 11. 11 people. So, uh, you know, they, they looked around, they took one day, and then they said, okay, one picture only. <laughs> and I said, you know, the, the employees' uh, spouses will look at the paper and not see their employees. You know, I'm a husband. So that was the case. But hmm. anyway. He was very, very polite. He, he took was a Kedar and me were supposed to go in his, what is it called? The limo, the, yeah, in his the caravan. And my son flew in from California. He used to help with the website. So I said, oh, he's employed too. And he was excited. I said, well, I don't want to go. Why don't you go with your dad? <laughs> and that was the best ride he ever got, he says. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a beautiful story. And, and uh, when people read your story, uh, they'll see a lot of press and media because one of the things you did successfully was not just do the work, but announce the work. And and that's an important part of any business, a startup or an entrepreneurial adventure. You got to let people know. And you had a masterful way of doing that. So I congratulate you on that as well. We uh, had a good marketing person. Yeah. And so much pay. We still somewhere we have to get rid of it, but we have so much stuff. <laughs> That's always the case. One, a wife wants to throw things away, the husband wants to save, or the other way around. Well, I want to thank you both for taking some time to talk a little bit about your experiences. It's all in a new book called Carving My Destiny, Lessons from My Entrepreneurial Ventures by Dr. Kedar Gupta. And I would dare say, not only does this read well as a, just a general book for interest, and anybody can read it, it might have an application for business students coming up the line. So congratulations. Congratulations, and uh, you're a tribute to the immigrant experience. You're as American as apple pie now, but thank you so much for sharing your story, and, and good luck in the future. Thank you. Jaren, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to Kadar and Renu Gupta. Kadar is the author of Carving My Destiny, Lessons from My Entrepreneurial Ventures, a terrific read. Thank you so much for making our podcast a part of your regular listening schedule. We've got some incredibly interesting shows coming up. I thank you for subscribing and downloading and certainly rating and reviewing this podcast. Find out more at my website, jordanrich.com. And until next time, remember to be well so you can do good. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.